Good morning. Welcome to Crossroads Online. We're glad you're joining us this morning. Would you worship with us today as we as we celebrate the Lord? presence this morning and we worship you Lord we thank you father for who you are in our lives and who you are in this world we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds now to hear from you as we open ourselves up to worshiping the creator God 
In Jesus' name, and all God's people at home said, Amen. Glad you're joining us this morning. I wanted to share a verse with you from Hebrews chapter 11. It says, To have faith is to be sure of the things we hope for, to be certain of the things we cannot see. It was by their faith that people of ancient times won God's approval. It says that the things that were created were created by things that aren't seen. It is by faith that we understand that the universe was created by God's word so that what, cannot, what can be seen was made out of what cannot be seen. We want to encourage you this morning, no matter where you are or what you're going through, that you place your hope even in a God you cannot see but who is certainly there.
in 1 John 4.18, it says, perfect love casts out all fear. And I'm so thankful that I know someone who loves me beyond my wildest dreams and who loves you beyond your wildest dreams today. So the next time that you cannot remember who you are or what is being said about you, just remember what God says about you. He's the only one that matters and how much he loves you.
time normally in our worship service when basically we would ask the congregation just to stop and welcome someone and, and greet them. Obviously, uh, if you are self-quarantining, uh, you are at home watching this most likely. I hope you've gotten your coffee for the morning, a little caffeine shot. This is the time when we normally have an opportunity also, and we do this every weekend, to give to the Lord's work. Uh, the Bible talks about giving the first fruits to the Lord and honoring Him with all of our tithes and all of our offerings. And so I'd like you to watch this quick video on how you can give online, even though we're not physically here together in the building. Would you watch this? Today, we'd like to show you just how easy it is to give online. You can go to our church website, cbcmd.org. You can give from any mobile device or laptop. There are three bars on the top right hand corner. You can click and click on the page that says give and you can scroll down and click on the button that says give online. This will redirect you to a new page. This is a secure portal for our giving site. You can choose the fund general fund for your normal ties and offerings and type in any amount that you feel led to give. You can give by credit card or debit card by entering the information that is on your card, your card number and expiration date. And you can scroll down and enter your billing information and click submit. You can also choose the option to give by bank account by entering the information that is on your account and choosing checking or savings account and also entering your routing number and account number. You can make any gift recurring or automatic by clicking the box underneath the donation amount that says make this gift recurring and you can create a login to do that. You can also text any amount to give to the number 410-202-0161. Thank you for giving to Crossroads. Well, good morning. Welcome to, again, Crossroads Online. Uh, we're doing things a little bit differently, but I'm really glad you've tuned in. Hey, are you confused at all about all of this COVID-19 stuff? Are you confused at all about the coronavirus? Uh, I know for me, it's left me a little bit confused. Um, as a matter of fact, I know some people feel like they're drowning in confusion. And we're in this series right now called Drowning you can be rescued. So this morning I want to talk to you about drowning in confusion because I know that a lot of people feel like they're drowning in confusion. And so I want to talk to you about that just for the next couple of minutes. Now, I want to make a deal with you. I want to do my best not to put you to sleep. Even though I can't see you, I probably will hear you snoring through the camera if you are. So some of you I can already hear you smacking because you're eating your Fruity Pebbles, all right? Uh, knock it off. Uh, so glad you're with us. Now, I'm going to make a deal. I'll do my best not to put you to sleep if you'll do your best to listen and stay with me just for the next few minutes. I want to share with you a message I believe God's brought to my heart, and I want to bring it to your heart. And I just want to share this with you. Uh, speaking of an infusion of confusion, I was talking to a friend of mine, and this past Friday, March 20th, was actually the first day of spring. And so up here in the northeast corridor of the United States, Every spring, I get visits from our little friends. I don't know, how many of you ever get ants that come, come through your house? Anybody? 
Well, we're seeing them scurrying around now, and, and I'm wondering to myself, you know, every time I see these, these guys, I think to myself, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to deal with this somehow. Uh, where I live, I see them, and, and, and they're, they're kind of moving around, and it's, it's a little bit of a power struggle. It's a little bit of a fight. Ants are very small creatures, but they are very good at what they do. Now, I love the outdoors, and so it's interesting to me whenever God uses animals to teach us something. And so I wanted to share a verse with you, especially, especially when God uses an animal to teach us how to be a better human. Now, some of us know what that's like, that some of you who have fur babies, I mean, your, your fur babies are better than some humans you know, right? I know mine are. So what I want to share with you is, back to the ants. Some of you are getting me off track. Don't get me off track. Back to the ants. Animals can teach us humans a thing or two. And here's what the, the wise writer of Proverbs says. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which, having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Time out. I have an ant joke. I have to. I'm sorry. And this won't be the, the last bad joke you get, but here's, here's the joke. Why were all of the ants confused? All the ants were confused because all their uncles were ants. <laughs> That's right. Wait for it. That won't be the last bad joke. Hang in there with me. What is the writer of Proverbs saying? He's saying that ants do not have a CEO or a leader or an overseer pushing them to do things. They don't have a coach or a, a drill sergeant yelling in their face to get their stuff together. No, ants are actually self-motivated. And they're very much doing something what, uh, that we call self-leadership. Self-leadership. And I want to talk to you about that. Uh, they do it on their own. They're self-starters. Now, our national leaders have actually reminded us that the way that we are going to cope with COVID-19 is through this thing called self-leadership. In other words, they've used terms like self-quarantine. What are they talking about? What they're talking about is how we handle ourselves as Americans, how we handle ourselves as human beings. And what that really refers to is self-leadership. Uh, it, it, it's, it means getting out of your own way. Uh, for example, if I could kick the person responsible for most of my problems, I wouldn't be able to sit down for two weeks. And that's the truth. As a matter of fact, I was talking to my, my son the other day. He goes, Dad, you know what I'm tired of? I said, what are you tired of? He goes, all your junk. <laughs> I, said, I said, well, I'm tired of my junk too. That's something we agree on. Do you ever get tired of being yourself? Do you, ever, do you ever wish that you could just go on a vacation from yourself? Well, this is a little about what we're going to have to deal with in terms of this virus. We're going to cope with the virus effectively when we effectively lead ourselves and handle ourselves well. That's what all the controversy is about with younger people that are going on spring break and partying because they're saying to, to them, basically, we need you to show some self-leadership, some self-restraint, some self-control for the greater good. That's what part of all of this is about. Uh, so the number one rule of success in dealing with the uh, coronavirus, the number one rule of success is rule thyself, rule yourself, 
how you handle yourself, your ability to get out of your own way, will be the deciding factor in your ability and my ability to ultimately overcome this uh, global pandemic. Um, and I'll bet you're a bit like me. In this whole pandemic, uh, it has made me feel small. That's the re reason I mentioned ants earlier. You know, sometimes I look at ants and I think, wow, they're so small. And I look at them and, you know, compared to my world, uh, which is so much bigger. And to be honest with you, this, this whole pandemic situation has made me feel a little bit like an ant. You know, I look up and I, I usually think my world is so big, and yet as I'm watching all of this unfold, it's made me feel pretty small. Um, like I don't have as much power as sometimes I might fool myself to think I do. And, you know, ants are funny because ants are so small that they're usually in over their head no matter where they are. Do you feel like the coronavirus is over your head? H has it been difficult for you to understand at all? You know, to wrap your mind and your brain around all of the information and reports that are coming out. I want to talk to you about confusion. As a matter of fact, matter of fact, Edward de Bono, who is the world's expert, leading expert on thinking, says the main difficulty of thinking is confusion. We try to do too much at once. Emotions, information, logic, hope, and creativity all crowd in on us. It's like juggling too many balls. Honestly, uh, trying to make sense of all the reports from the coronavirus have left me feeling a little overwhelmed. Uh, it's left me feeling like I'm in a little bit over my head, especially as I'm trying to make sense out of it all. How do we keep from drowning from all this confusion? How do we keep from drowning in details and irrelevant information? How do we cut through the confusion to get to the essence of what we need to know in order to handle this COVID-19 novel new kind of flu. Well, I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14. He says, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Now let's see if together you and I can work through some of our confusion and come out on the other side with some of God's peace. That's ultimately what I want for you. I want you to have God's peace of mind. Let's just take it one step at a time. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Does that include this situation? Absolutely. We need to keep clear minds. But to do that, you, you, you've got to do certain things. And, and it's a really big if. Uh, it reminds me of the, the great if poem by Rudyard Kipling. First line of the poem says, if you can keep your head... When all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, reminds me of our situation right now. People seem like they are losing their minds over this situation. There is, it's very difficult to separate the hysteria from the historical and the hysteria from the facts. And so we have to be able to do that. Now, everybody look up here for a minute because there's something I need to explain to you, okay? Again, I, I want to encourage you not to go to sleep on me. I heard some of you snoring a minute ago. Hang in there. Hang here. Wake up. Every time a prophet spoke for God. Now, I'm no infectious disease expert. I'm a pastor. So when I sit here this morning and I share with you some thoughts, I want to do it from God's word. 
Uh, this is, this is going to be important. There are some uh, situations where the prophets would speak. Every time they would speak for God, there were three parts to their message, three elements they would have in their message. A prophet, when he or she, as the case may be, would give a word for God, they would give a word for what is right, a word for what is right now, and then thirdly, a word for what is right around the corner. Those three elements were often a part of their messages. So that's what I want to talk to you about. Are you open-minded about spiritual and religious things? If you're open-minded about these things, by the way, um, I did see a tweet the other day that said that we are at war with an invisible enemy. It was referring, of course, to the coronavirus. Now, it's real, it's invisible. Could it be that other invisible things are real too? Are you open-minded to hearing about these invisible things? Uh, in this time of coronavirus, Christ has some interesting thoughts. And, and if you're a spiritual person or you're not a believer, you may be a skeptic, uh, at the very least you know that the five major religions around the world look at Jesus of Nazareth at the very least as a prophet who spoke for God. Uh, regardless of what your personal background may be. And Christ has some interesting thoughts. First, he has some thoughts about what is right. And I wanted to read this to you. It's a very interesting situation that came into Jesus' life. I think that you, it can help you. It says, about this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate, he was the governor of the time, had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Jesus says, do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee? Jesus asked. Is that why they suffered? Not at all. And you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And then he mentions another incident. And what about the 18 people who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No. And I tell you again that unless you repent you will perish too. Now imagine Jesus is standing there with his disciples and someone interrupts this situation with breaking news and they tell Jesus that Pilate, who is a part of the government at the time, orders a hit on these Galileans that are just sort of unknowingly um, uh, unaware of, of anything happening. They're worshiping their gods. They're in the temple. And all of a sudden he assassinates them execution style. Now, I would have imagined Jesus probably would have immediate reactions such as sending condolences to the families who lost someone in that tragedy. But that's not how Jesus responds. Actually, Jesus responds in a very different way. And it's kind of interesting. Watch how he reacts. He responds by turning to his disciples and he asks them a question. In essence, Jesus turns the tables on everybody standing there. He just hears about this horrible situation. And he looks at them and he basically says, did you just hear what happened? It didn't happen because they were worse sinners than you. You guys aren't any better, better than those ones that were killed. And by the way, you better turn to God too before it's too late or you too will die. It's kind of an odd way to respond to a human tragedy. Seems a little bit like there's not a, not a lot of compassion or a concern, but why did Jesus react this way? I think it's because Jesus understood that being killed by Pilate, um, being killed by Pilate while they were worshiping in their temple 
was not the worst thing that could ever happen to those people. Now stay with me, that might sound odd. That might sound weird. It's like the coronavirus we're facing. Uh, when something bad hits us, often we do what psychologists call catastrophizing. We, we make it bigger than it really is. Now, uh, a small scratch becomes a catastrophic cut. Uh, a small cut becomes a catastrophic wound. Uh, a, a wound becomes a catastrophe of life and death. Now, I'm not saying that we are overstating the seriousness of the coronavirus. Obviously, we are taking this very, very seriously. That's why we're doing online church this morning rather than meeting together in our physical building. But I do want to share a view with you that I think Jesus helps us to see. And that is this. Friend, the worst thing that could ever happen to you is not that you would contract COVID-19 or even die from the coronavirus. The worst thing, according to Jesus, that could happen to you is that you die separated from God. Very interesting perspective. Whenever these people brought this information to Jesus, they said, can you imagine this tragedy? Pilate just killed all these people. It's horrible. Jesus backs up and says, I want to give you a bigger picture. A picture of eternity. Of what is to come. Yes, their body was killed. But I wonder, Jesus is thinking, what the state of their soul was. Now, again, I'm not an infectious disease doctor, and, and, and I agree with Google, do the five so you can kill the coronavirus. Do all that you can to take care of your body. Check your body for symptoms. That's what everybody is doing right now. You know, they're looking in the mirror, and they're checking for symptoms. But here's what I want to ask you to do. As you're checking yourself for COVID-19 symptoms, go a little bit deeper and check your soul for some other kind of symptoms. Don't just take care of your body, also take care of your soul. I guess that's why Jesus brought up the issue of salvation when the, when the issue of assassination and terrorism came up. His first thought was not, these people lost their earthly lives. His first thought was, Let's not lose our eternal life. Those are the words of Jesus where he talks about this. And so I want to encourage you. It, 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 check yourself for symptoms. What I'm saying to you is that keep in mind the next time you're tempted uh, to emphasize your body to the exclusion of your soul and spirit. You are much, much more than your body. You are much, much more than the viruses and the bacteria and the germs and all these things that we face. All of the small biological parts that make you up, you're much more than that. You're also soul and spirit. I love old radio ads because about this time they would, they would chime in and say, and now a word from our sponsor. Well, I've given you a word about what is right from Jesus' perspective. Now I want to give you a word about right now. Right now, this moment in history, we're facing a pandemic. We're facing something right now that's unprecedented, but I don't want you to think that because it's unprecedented that it's unmanageable. It's not. It's curable. And it's also confusing. It's been very difficult for us to wrap our mind around this. Um, right now, you may be feeling uncertain, unsettled, unsure. 
And you may feel a little bit like a certain king of Israel. His name was Jehoshaphat. Nice name, right? Jehoshaphat. I would not want fat anywhere near the end of my name. Uh, I don't know about you, but... But he, he had a situation, and I think we can learn something very quickly from it. I'm coming to a close here in just a moment. But I want, I want to share with you his situation. Three armies were attacking him at one time. He's scared to death. He believes with all his heart that his little country will be annihilated, wiped from the face of the earth. He believes it's going to get really bad. So what does he do? The Bible says... Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles, Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed. Whenever we, we are faced with any calamity such as, and notice what he says, war, plague, or famine. We can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and rescue us. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? He cries. We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. And then I love the words. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. And that may be how you feel right now. With everything happening, you may feel powerless. You may feel helpless. If that's how you feel, I want to encourage you to bring your uncertainty to a certain God. Because these times are certainly uncertain. And uncertainty can feel unbearable. It's a horrible feeling. It's a feeling of anxiety and panic and all those other kinds of emotions primal fear but I want to encourage you when you don't know what to do bring your broken heart to the Lord God is in control the Lord is sovereign the rule you know the life has its own rules but God sets the course he's steering the ship so to speak I want to encourage you to bring yourself to God in prayer and finally, a word about what's right around the corner. As you're praying and as you're bringing your uncertainty to God, I want you to prepare for what's right around the corner. By the way, what is right around the corner? What's coming? Jesus says this, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been born blind from birth. Rabbi's disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. And then he says, the night is coming. And then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. What is coming? What is right around the corner for you and for me? What's our future hold? Well, first of all, he says the night is coming. The sun is about to set. What he's saying is that it's going to get darker here on earth before it gets better. The Bible prophesies that there will be very difficult, perilous, dangerous times happening to uh, all the world as it approaches the time that God will return. 
and that Christ will return for us. Eventually, through the darkness, we're going to die. It's going to be lights out for some of us. And then it's going to be eternity. And the coronavirus, it, it's not going to last forever. But God is. And so will you. You were made to last forever. Either with God or apart from God. Jesus is saying... The night is coming. It's going to get darker. But he said, I am the light of the world. And what I want to encourage you to do is to seek Christ, to seek his light, especially if you are bumping around in the night in the darkness of confusion about all of this stuff that's swirling around. It's almost making me dizzy sometimes mentally trying to wrap my mind around it. And I just want to encourage you. There was a teacher who brought his pupil, his student, to a fountain one day. And the student looked up at the teacher and the, and the student said, Teacher, I want to be wise like you. I, I want wisdom. I want knowledge. I want, I want to know philosophy like you. I want to understand what the purpose of life is. I want to understand meaning just like you. Immediately, without saying a word, the teacher grabbed the student's head, pushed him under the fountain, and the student was fighting for air. He's he's fighting for air. He lifts him up. Before he can say a word, he puts him back down. He does it again. Finally, he does it. He does it a third time, and he picks him up, and the student's like coughing out water. He says, why did you do that? The teacher says, when you want wisdom, when you want light as much as you just wanted air, you'll find it. So how bad do you want light? How bad do you want to be taken out of your confusion? Christ is the light of the world. And I want to encourage you, as you move forward into your future, to let Jesus shed light onto you and this entire situation. He is the light of the world. Let's pray together. I'm going to ask God to bless you. I ask God to be with you. I ask God to give you encouragement and most of all to give you light. Lord Jesus, I pray for every person right now who is listening. I ask that you would Bring them out of the shadows, out of the darkness of confusion. And I ask God that you would give them light. Lord Jesus, the truth is, you've taught us there's something much, much worse than the coronavirus. And that's the S-I-N virus, the sin virus. And we're all infected by that one, Lord. You, You showed us that. But you dealt with that virus when you died on the cross. And you proved that you're more than a prophet, Jesus, by rising from the dead. And so I ask now, Lord, that you would take us, people who may not be infected with COVID-19, but who certainly have our inner battles with sin. And I ask that you would purify us, save us. Let us turn back to you, God. Forgive us of our sins. We accept your sacrifice on the cross. And we believe and trust in your power and goodness and love through the goodness and power of your resurrection, knowing that you will also raise us one day. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for tuning in. May God bless you today. Stay safe, stay clean, stay home.